Hello and welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. We have another bonus episode for you today from our Achieve Freedom Now event. This week, our guest is marketing expert, Andrew Bayon. Andrew is the Chief Innovative Influence and Impact Officer at Impact Media. He helps real estate leaders become the most trusted authority in their market with effective marketing. He shares some quick tips with Carrie and I, so listen up and enjoy the show. You know, Andrew is the Chief Innovative Influence and Impact Officer for A Impact Media. He helped teams scale from 35 million to 72 million. That's a big jump. And from 33 to 77 million, right? Yeah. Uh, went from a few hundred views to going viral and getting over 2 million views on Quora in one year. As he moved into marketing for a home builder, he realized the lack of humanization in the real estate marketing, which is 100% true, right? From there comes A Impact Media, where Andrew has helped countless real estate teams level up and multiply their businesses through his expert marketing strategies. Andrew, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, Carrie. Hi. I'd love for you to, to kind of unpack the, um, you know, the humanization part that, you, that was, was missed and, and what you saw um, and, what, and what made sense to start attacking that. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest thing is like, if you ask yourself, why do like your sphere, your database, all these people end up choosing the realtor that they decide to list with they decide to use as a buyer's agent. And at least for me, I saw one common thread of trust was like, that's the one of the biggest reasons why they choose one realtor over another. It's because they trust them. And when you look at that and then you look at digital and you ask yourself, are you actually building trust online through everything that you're doing? And I just took a look at it and I just saw that it's very common for everyone to get stuck in like the silo of seeing what everyone else is doing and they think that's working. So they copy it and that's like the just listed, just sold under contract. And that's when I asked myself, is that why someone online who's completely has no clue who you are is going to choose who you are as a realtor? And I said, no. So yeah. I think that's kind of where it started to stem from. <laughs> How do people start building that trust online? So it's really kind of as simple as like, you, you're really, what social media is, is just an amplification. When you look at money, everyone says money is just an ampl amplification of who you already are. That's really what social media is as well. Mm -hmm. it, the internet is just you sharing yourself at scale. And that's really what it comes down to. People are afraid to be themselves on social media because partly they think, well, no one's going to work with me. So I want to act like that realtor over there because he's getting a lot of business. So then they're going to act like someone who they're not, but people see through that, don't they? I mean, really where you see people really start to get success is when they own their authentic self. Yeah. And you guys probably see it. it's like the fake it till you make it mindset. Everyone wants to like show off themselves as like better than they are because they're like, well, if I don't look good, if other people don't see me that light, then they might not use me. But we have to ask ourselves at the end of the day, why do it's like the same thing. People are afraid of getting on camera. Like we're afraid mm -hmm. of the way we sound. I, I hate listening to myself on camera. I hate rewatching or re-listening, but it's like, that's what everyone already hears me it's they see me so 
it's no different really right yeah that is funny it's like i hate the way i sound yeah but that that is the way you sound (laughs) get over it people still like you (laughs) i put my son in uh our our roadcaster podcast thing the other day and he was kind of doing an outro a couple of stuff and he he get in there. Then I, then it came out in one of our podcasts and uh, I played it for him. He tried to hide from hearing his own voice because <laughs> oh. it was actually hilarious about the way he was. Uh, Cause he's like, that doesn't even sound like me. I'm like, yeah, it actually does. That is, that is you. <laughs> that's, that's what you sound like. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. So how do you help most realtors, you know, just start making an impact online? So I, th- I think you just have to kind of ask yourself, First, what are you comfortable sharing about yourself and at least share that? So I say simplified as like three main pillars. You have your authenticity, your um, value, and like the authority. And your authenticity is like just everything that makes you, you. The the reason people are going to want to work with you is like you like fitness or you love wine or you love reading books or whatever it is, and that you're comfortable sharing that side of you, then do that more online because those passions are what are going to get people to connect with you, which are, is what gets them to choose you as their realtor or their Mm -hmm. whatever, because there's that connection and that's where you build the trust. And then the value side is like, a lot of the times, for example, as a new agent, um, you may be asking yourself, well, I don't know anything about the market or I don't know anything about buying or selling, or you want to get into like luxury. And for example, for me, what I did when I was getting into fitness was I would literally just be a student of the business and learn everything that I could. And then I would just share that. And I think that's what most people need to do at some level. It's like, maybe you're just being a student of the market. Maybe you're going into all of the new construction or you're going to tour all these homes or you're just really learning about probate or whatever it is when you're a student and you, you really kind of take yourself out of that ego and you try to learn as much as you can and you just share that, that's where you start to kind of build the authority because if you're always seen in these homes or you're always sharing information about the market alongside of who you are, then people are going to start to bridge that connection of, Oh, I always see this person. It's not that you talk about real estate all the time, but showing it as well, I think is really important. A good integration of who you are as a human being, your life and your work authentically in in social media is the best case scenario, if I hear you correctly, when it comes to being your authentic self as a human being, not related to real estate. And then what you know, whether you already know it or learning it, share it. And that's how you gain that authority. So trust and then knowledge and competence and then authority and wrapping that all up in one is what makes people want to work with you. But isn't that pretty cool if you as a human being can just integrate everything work and life in your social media, which is what you're supposed to be and hopefully attempting to do in real life anyway. (laughs) Um, That's really the secret. It seems too simple. Honestly, Andrew, people say that to me, it seems too simple. You're overthinking it. It actually isn't like super complex. It is simple. It's not necessarily easy because you also have to create a plan and have consistency around it, just like anything, right? And you have to be able to 
adopt and learn new things. And I think technology in general and social media and all the new platforms and the different things that you could be doing from Facebook to Instagram, to stories, to IGTV, to LinkedIn, to Clubhouse now, people get overwhelmed. Uh, YouTube, now short form video on YouTube, all of these trends, it's like overwhelming. It feels like another full-time job. And then it's like, I'll just stay safe and I'll sit right there here in Facebook. That's me, by the way, uh, until Andrew encouraged me outside of that space. So what, what is, let's talk about that because I think that's really what holds people back. Conceptually, I think they hear you what they need to do, but why aren't they doing it? Maybe because they don't know where or how to or what. So could you talk a little bit about the trends in terms of, we know video is big, right? Because that's what people like to watch. So talk maybe a little bit about the different platforms, what really tends to work, what people should maybe realize, like if you haven't embraced it, it's not going anywhere, you better embrace it, you know, or just some trends like that, things that people need to understand uh, um, about what they should be doing consistently if they're really going to take their marketing to the next level. Um, so I think first, it, it actually takes a step back from not always looking at the most trendy thing because we, we have this habit of looking for the shiny penny, like what's new, right. what's next, what's the next big thing. And if you take every platform and you look at a common thread and you see, mm -hmm. why do people go back and listen to Adam's podcast? Why do people go back to your webinars? Why do people mm -hmm. continue to go back to the content? And it's because you take your content and you treat it like a Netflix versus like a billboard and a flyer where you're just announcing and promoting all the time. Right. It's something that people can consume and it's, they can get value in those short bursts, whatever, if it's a 60 minute video, 30 minute podcast or a right. one minute TikTok. Okay. So I think that switch of looking at it as how do I build a Netflix like experience for the person on the other end is like the first side to kind of take with it. I love that. So before you go on for people watching, don't think that you're just out there announcing what you do. It's not a billboard. It's not a flyer. That's what we used to do in old school real estate when I, when I started. Like literally like a billboard too. Yeah, I, yeah I, didn't do, I didn't do the billboard, but people did. Um, you know, we did the flyers. And so it's just the announcing of, no, that's not what we're doing. We're trying to give people pieces of the content, let them consume in different platforms, whether it be, to your point, a full webinar or an event like this or a 30 second, you know, IG live, right. Or a, a, a Facebook live or something that you're doing. And so you have to think differently about how people want to learn about you right now. They want to, they want to see what you're talking about. They want to get some of the content out there. And there's a whole bunch of ways to do that. So how do you, how do you start deciphering? How do I do that? Yes. Yeah, so it starts with like, anything like if you're trying to get fit if you're trying to build wealth it's not necessarily all the different stuff you can do at the gym or all the different foods that you can eat or the different diets it's about that consistency that you talked about and going long term but mm -hmm. this is where you can start to get tactical with it is look at why did you join clubhouse carrie and you adopted it really early and you saw that as a way to build traction and from there you adopted a platform because every platform has a life cycle where mm -hmm. it's like the beginning is where people adopt it but then the biggest skepticism of that platform is there as well and right. Gary, 
Gary V talks about all the time is you can be the skeptic and say, my people aren't on there. Well, now 50% of the people who use TikTok are above the age of 35 and they have a billion users. <laughs> so we're all, even myself, shooting myself in the foot. Why don't I jump on sooner and take advantage of it? Um, right. So, so early adoption to some degree is important. How do you know to be an early adopter in something, but not to think that you're like jumping at every shiny object? Cause that's hard to figure out. Yeah. Um, I see it as like the same way you kind of build wealth or your business is mm -hmm. you build and you get like the one model that works and you'll double down on that and you'll put 80% mm -hmm. of your effort on that. But yeah. then you'll just try other things out. You'll sprinkle in like, oh, let me try out YouTube for a little bit. Let me try out Clubhouse. And then you either figure out, I like this, or a lot of people are moving to it. And you're, mm -hmm. then you're, and you kind of start to see that wave. Yeah. And you, you have to jump on board at a certain point yeah. and be like, okay, I'm going all in because there's signs that it, at least in the short term, it might be worth it. Yeah. And that's a good point. Sometimes you do something for a period of time and you really get some great impact and then maybe it isn't something forever. Um, and that's why it's important to stay on top of what's going on and to be open to being an early adopter to some things. But so you have to have a foundation. You have to have that platform of your marketing that remains consistent. And it's, it's the 80%. And then you dabble in these new things and you try them out and see if it works for you in that other 20%. What is the foundational marketing, do you think, if, if there is, generally speaking, if there is kind of the main foundational things that you just see working, if somebody puts consistency behind this, this is going to work for them. What would that, those platforms be? Um, so I think it first kind of starts with asking yourself, what medium do you kind of do best in? Do you prefer to write? Do you prefer to be behind a camera? Or are you kind of more audio focused? Um, because all three of those will always evolve somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, whether what that looks like just kind of depends. But for example, if we were talking like real estate right now, hyper local, you want long-term YouTube is one of the platforms that you can kind of double dip and you can build that foundation that can last you a little while. Will it be here for five, 10 years down the road? No one knows. Um, right. But usually like you'll see YouTube or Instagram right now is kind of where people are focusing one or the other. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the foundation really starts to become if you like to write, do an email newsletter. I, I think Ricky Carruth talks about that all the time. That was, that's his staple. And he does like yeah. 30 million a year as a single agent with an admin. And then there's people who do video and they're on YouTube. So it's more about finding yourself and figuring out, okay, what will I be consistent in? Would it be mm -hmm. video? Would it be audio? Would it be written? And then mm -hmm. kind of choose the platform that best suits that. That's a good point because it's just like anything. And Adam, you've seen this over the years. I tell people this, it almost doesn't matter what you do when it comes to yeah. your lead generation. It's that you're going to actually do it and you're going to do it consistently because it could even look like a really horrible lead generation idea. And if you did it enough, it would work. Yeah. I mean, people 
kill it in open houses. They kill it in lead gen. They are, you know, online or for sale by owners or experts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just finding what you do naturally and just making sure that you're staying with it and consistency over time is going to allow you to do that. It sounds like we're hearing the same thing from the marketing standpoint too, as well. Just staying yeah. focused with it. And then do you, is it important to be on multiple, like you, know, you mentioned YouTube and Instagram, is it important to be on both of them or one of them, or what would your recommendation be there? The answer is always like both, not or, or it's and not or. Like if you can, uh, yeah. it at the end of the day, it does always come down to like capacity at a certain level. Like if you're a completely new agent and you only have the capacity to focus on one platform, it's a lot better to do one platform really well than a lot of platforms just okay. Yeah. Um, but at a certain level, when you start to build that leverage that, through the team and all that, then you can start to focus more than one platform. But yeah, because the people, the person who's on YouTube is not the same person who's on Instagram, who's not the same person who's on like TikTok or a podcast. So you're going to kind of get different audiences that you wouldn't normally be able to get. What are one or two or three mistakes that people make when they first start trying to market or that maybe they're doing now and they've been, they've been doing them for a long period of time, but maybe it would be a, a, a nugget for them to change. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but uh, huh. <laughs> um, the biggest thing is like really going back to your social media and ask yourself, would you follow yourself if you were someone who's not necessarily in the market to like buy or sell? Yeah. So in the realtor case. And looking at that from a very objective point of view where your move, like all your emotions, all your bias, and you say, am I getting like actual value from it? And then if not, then you need to ask yourself, what can I do to change that? And where is, where does my value come from? Is it, I'm a very financial person, so I can talk more about finances, investing the market better than someone else than do that. Um, so I think it comes down to that. And then it, it does come down to, you don't have to like, I say be authentic, be personal, share who you are, but that doesn't mean you have to like tell everyone about all of your skeletons in the closet, like the worst points in your life. You don't have to do that, but just allow people to get to know you through social media and you're going to build the trust a lot more quickly. That's why video works so well is because it just speeds that up. Is there a way that somebody can um, build trust through social media, uh, without sharing what they're doing in their personal lives. Um, you know, is there, what do people, what do you do when you, when people are like, look, I don't mind being on camera and doing different things from the business side. I'm just not that guy that's going to be posting about what we're doing on Saturday evening. Don't, um, it's the bit, that's the best thing about social media. It's you can share what you want to share and you can just share the business side. If you want to do uh, video interviews with people, people will still get to know you that way. Uh, you don't have to share the personal, share other things that you're passionate about, other things that make who you are. So I think the best example is like, if you look at some of the biggest name people, Gary V, Ed Milet, like people across the board, not everyone shares their family, their personal life but they have other ways, whether it's a podcast or video where you can get that almost like virtual connection a little bit. Yeah. 
they do, you just have to be able to see who they are as a human being and their behavior and their personality style. And I'm sure certain things that they get excited about or their hobbies or their passions come out in conversation on the video, um, you know, or how they're integrated in their community or if they're interviewing maybe restaurants because, you know, they're a foodie. I mean, that is still like showing who they are. It might just be more in alignment with like their business or their community or, or something like that. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. What do people, what are the, the biggest, we've talked a lot about what people should do. And I think we know just doing just listeds and just solds and nothing other than that is one thing, but what else do you think are some of the biggest mistakes or just things that people are doing that they, they need to stop doing, or they need to think about differently when you, when you work with your clients, what's, what are some of those things you have to retrain them or, or get them to stop doing? I would say like, don't always go for like the perfect video. Um, for example, a lot of people, it's kind of like that saying the crappy video outperforms a video that's never posted every day. Um, <laughs> granted, I do understand, like if you have terrible lighting, bad audio, like if it's bad for the consumer, then yeah, it's not going to be the best experience. Right. Um, but it's better to kind of share it, getting those repetitions in it's time mm -hmm. at the gym. Like when you're at the gym the first couple months you go to the gym, your form is terrible. You have no clue what you're doing. <laughs> you yeah. might have a coach or you might be trying to figure it out on your own and yeah. whichever way you go, at least you're going. And mm -hmm. from there, it's about just getting 1% better. But I guess going back, uh, not going too far down that path is what people make the mistake on, for example, is thinking they have to post every single day. Okay. Um, I don't think you need to post every single day, uh, especially like on Instagram, like if you post three good posts a week, that's a lot better than posting seven posts of meaningless stuff that have almost no reason of why you're posting it. You're just kind of putting stuff out there just to put stuff out. It's mm -hmm. always what will it benefit the other person on the other end? I think is mm -hmm. the biggest question, question you have to ask yourself. So what holds some people back is that to your point is, well, I don't have content for seven days a week or five days a week. So I'm just not going to do it at all because one or two posts, maybe the, the, the myth they buy into is they have to do it daily. They have to do it that consistently for it to pick up. So then they don't do anything. But what I hear yep. you saying is it's okay if it's two or three posts, but do two or three posts a week consistently, and then make sure that they're value driven. And if you're being your authentic self and you're figuring out how you can bring value to other people, it doesn't really matter how many times a week you do it. It's that you do it though on a consistent basis weekly and that you have the end in mind, which is to post for a reason. Yeah, it's, it's always thinking about the consumer first, your yeah. audience first, rather than, because when we get down the path of, oh, I just need to post today. That's when we mm -hmm. post things that are just announcements and promotions. Meaningless. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But I loved what you said. So if somebody's here, um, you know, thinking about their marketing and um, their branding, and they were just like, man, I'm just not good on video. I just despise video. It's just not the way I best articulate myself. I think of something really great that you said was, well, then if you're really great at writing, then do that. 
but you have to do it and commit to it and do it consistently. And you've got to stay with that task and it's time on task over time. That's going to continue to, uh, to, to make a difference. Now, if people are great at blogging, they can post their blogs weekly on their social as well to drive people to, Hey, sign up for the email here so you can get my blog. Right. I mean, there's ways you can promote it to a degree or get it out to the masses and get more following in your email. Um, because there are people that like to read blogs, like they like to consume their information that way. And if you have impactful, meaningful things to share with people in that way, you will find a following, right? Yeah. And the best thing is once you kind of go down the path of consistency and you're, for example, writing that blog every single week, you're doing one blog a week. Mm -hmm. Well, you might not like video, but you might be comfortable reading your blog in audio format. There, mm -hmm. you got 1% better. You found a new distribution platform. You're able to get out to different people, but you're still not, for example, the blog person is not, might not always be likely to go on video. So mm -hmm. that might be the next transition over for them. You can also take so that content and cut it up too, right? I mean, yeah. that's kind of what the Netflix series is. You can grab that. You can take it. You can put it on Instagram or Twitter and just link it back to the original site. I think so. There's so much, I think there's so much content people have. They just need to realize how they can actually utilize that in different channels. And people forget about that. Yeah. I kind of call it the content graveyard where people will literally create something once and then they'll promote it maybe once and then that's it. And yeah. You, we can always go back to something and be like, oh, look, we can, I can make it better and then I can reshare it or I can take a portion of it. For example, mm -hmm. like if you write a blog on the 10 best things or the three biggest, mis for example, the three biggest mistakes buyers make when buying a home. Mm -hmm. Well, one mistake can literally be one video. So you have yeah. three videos right there. Yeah. Talk about audio for a minute, because that is something that we don't see as many people doing right now, but we're starting to see people do that. I know, you know, Chris, my uh, digital sales and marketing specialist has created some audio from uh, different trainings or different podcasts and put a really cool image and, and posted it in some different platforms. Some people really like audio. They can, they like to consume audio. They're driving in their car. They're not able to watch the video anyway. So they just want to hear the content. What would you suggest as far as platforms? If people are saying, I got a lot of content. I do a lot of trainings. I, I, I write a lot of blogs. I just don't like video. I've never got consistent. Maybe I could get consistent at audio. Where would they start or what would that maybe look like? What would your suggestions be? So the, the first I always think like, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? For example, like YouTube, you have your video at it's search engine optimized. It has the traffic. It has all of the audience. So the next is podcasts. And the thing about, for example, YouTube or podcasting is you don't have to do just one. You could have different styles. Like if you want to do a five minute podcast or there's a lot of people in like the digital marketing space who they'll do, they'll launch something and they'll do a hidden podcast. So you'll never see it in the feed, but then they'll have that workshop as a hidden podcast and they'll drive traffic to that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a new way of using something that's old almost. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's just about getting creative, but go where people are first before mm -hmm. you kind of go into like some other random name platform. Cause then you're just going to be posting stuff and you may not have anyone see it at all. So mm -hmm. I'd probably say, 
Do you think Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, any of those places are appropriate for audio if people have a good following in those spaces and they've just kind of been doing written posts and they haven't got really into video? Would that make sense, do you think? My thing is always, you can always test it. You can see um, the nature of the platform is like, it could work. Uh, it's not that it can't, but for example, I know when I'm on Instagram, I have my sound off and mm -hmm. the only time I'll kind of watch a video is a lot of the times I'll just be reading it. So it's kind of, I don't know. Audio is an interesting thing because when you jumped on Clubhouse uh, early um, yeah. and it kind of brought this new re resurgence to audio and mm -hmm. then you see all of these platforms coming out with audio. You have tr Twitter spaces, you have uh, Spotify that came out with mm -hmm. it. You have Facebook who's coming out with a Clubhouse comparison. So I think as we kind of see that evolve, we're, we'll yeah. see where that ends up because clubhouse unfortunately like i was on it back in like november to january but ever since then i haven't really been on it as much <laughs> yeah um, same with me yeah and so that's interesting but it did open up a new realm of opportunity potentially where audio is now kind of making a bit of a comeback you know i remember yeah. back when i did blog talk radio that was a long time ago <laughs> that was hilarious to think about that but i i did a lot of episodes on that platform and so um i did just notice that facebook has a new you can create an audio room or uh, a video room which is really interesting now um some other new trends are youtube has short form video so for people who haven't adopted youtube because they're like i can't sit there and talk for you know 15 20 minutes even 10 minutes i don't know what to talk about i like to do these short videos which seem to be better on Facebook or Instagram they can now do that on YouTube right yeah so that actually brings up a really good point um when a platform brings up something new like Facebook with the audio Twitter with mm -hmm. audio spaces YouTube with YouTube shorts they want that to do really well same thing with Instagram reels so like yeah. if you see that and you jump on it you're likely going to get at least the early traction versus yes. now Instagram reels it's so good, but it's not what it was like several months ago at the same time. Yeah. Awesome. So have your one thing or the thing that you know you can do consistently when it comes to marketing, be you, you are your brand at the end of the day. Don't be afraid to be that. And there's different ways you can do it if you don't want to get too personal, but you still have to show your authentic personality and yourself and your passions and then test some of these things. And don't be afraid to be an early adopter. If this isn't something that you personally as the business owner or entrepreneur are going to do, you may want to think about hiring somebody to help you stay on top of those things. That's called leverage, right? Um, because it is important to stay on top of marketing and technology. And just like with everything in the industry changing, this does too. Um, and Andrew has, uh, you know, of course, an organization that helps people do this. You can hire people to do this for you as staff members. Of course, there's virtual assistants that work in marketing. So you have a lot of different solutions but at the end of the day, you have to know who you are. You've got to be willing to do some of it. And then if you want to take it to the next level, you either have to be that early adopter or find someone who's going to help you do that. That's probably uh, the best advice to leave people with. Don't you think, Andrew, any other last tips uh, before we uh, move to our next speaker or anything that you would leave the guests with when it comes to what's going on in the market of marketing today? Um, I would say kind of to your point, if you're going to hire someone, for example, don't remove yourself because you are the brand, you are the marketing, you want to be involved in it at some level, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you have to do everything for it. Right. So. 
And that is a good point because people feel like, because it is me, I have to do it all. And then they don't do it all. And then they don't create the consistency. And this is why it doesn't work. So there is an opportunity for you to still be you, but to have people do some of the things leverage does absolutely exist inside the marketing and advertising space, even when it comes to social media and videos. And um, there are ways to do that. If you're stuck, let us know. Any of us here can, of course, help you out with that. Thank you, Andrew, for uh, sharing your expertise. Great to see you again. And we appreciate your time. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Nice seeing you guys. Thank you so much again for joining us today. And thank you, Andrew, for speaking with us at Achieve Freedom Now. Coming up next week, Achieve Freedom Coaching is hosting another high-impact summit all about building real estate teams. Whether you're a leader in your company who is ready to scale or an agent who wants to know how to better themselves in their business, this event is for you. Go to businessandlifecoaching.com and find webinars under the resource tab to get more information and sign up today.